Hi, Nicole. Hi, Ben. I'm very excited this week. Too. All right. Like I'm excited every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is like a super exciting week. Yeah, it's a very special episode. Why is it special, Nicole? <laughs> we sat down and interviewed one of our previous thirst objects. Yes. <laughs> we love it. We're, we're dropping you a like Beyonce album style. We're dropping you a hot interview that we just did. And, you know, we're very glad about this. It was a very yeah, good interview, wasn't it? It was an exceptional interview. Um, I'm so proud of us. Uh, <laughs> Toot your own horn, Nicole. Toot it. Toot it. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to keep tooting because we're very good at this. Yes, I just, we are. You know, yes, we are. I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> um, but so this episode is going to be a little different from what we normally do. You know, we usually start with the redacted yeah. and then the main conversations, some drabbles, all that kind of stuff. We're not going to have all that today. So before we reveal who it is, I yeah. just want you to cast your mind back a few weeks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it was the episode, the tenth episode of season yeah, two, the one yeah. called "More, More, More." Yeah, and we featured four fine, upstanding gentlemen. Mm-hmm. But we received a shit ton of responses about one in particular. Yes, and Mr. Rahul Kohli. Yes, <laughs> he is very, very attractive. Very. It's like. It's a little bit debilitating. Like, yes. I was like, how do you walk around with that face, you bastard? Seriously. <laughs> and he was so humble, but he also was. not yes. about it. Which is my favorite <laughs> mix of things because that's also me. I'm like, oh, no, don't look at me. <laughs> Please do. It was great. It was really, he was, he's, he's a really good interviewer, really mm-hmm. chatty. Mm-hmm. And basically, we had so many people who were either discovering Rahul for the first time mm-hmm. or were so glad that we had shone a spotlight right. on him. Right. So many people have been waiting for his moment. Right. Yeah. And right. I'm just glad that we were able to. To do that for them. Oh my god! It's real public service work out here. Like I feel like uh, I feel like I'm a I'm a big charity worker, but it's not even charity. It's just mm-hmm. the work of my heart. Aww. I'm just. <laughs> this is why I went to journalism school, guys. This is why I was in massive student debt. The long and short of it is, we did the necessary and we made this shit happen for you. So shout out to Rahul for being very game and allowing us to kind of talk at him and basically tell him to tell us all about his inside thoughts. Yeah, we did this interview over FaceTime, so we got to see his <laughs> lovely face. It was early in the morning for him. Yes, it was. So he was just waking up, mm-hmm. so he had, you know, early morning voice. Yes. You know, the hair was all array, looking like just, <laughs> mm, you know how I love a good bedhead, and that's what he had going on. He did. Whew, Bless his heart. He yeah. had like a little mug, he was drinking his coffee from, I imagine. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he was very, very open. So I think this is the, this is the thing. It's very important when you are talking to somebody about things that are as intimate as desire and, Mm -hmm. you know, how people have been shaped, etc., that they be open. And Rahul was definitely open with us. He was very relaxed. Yeah. And he just kind of like, we would ask him, you know, we did the usual disclaimer. If you don't feel comfortable, just let us know. And he was like, no, I'm pretty open. And then he was. He really was. Yes, yes. (sighs) Man, that was a a good day. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Thirst Buckets. Get a fan, get your glass of water, get whatever you need, some snacks, I don't know, whatever you need. Put down whatever heavy machinery you're operating. Really, (laughs) truly. No more accidents. (laughs) And get ready. Just picture Rahul's bedhead. Yeah. Reclining. Yeah. Imagine his fingers combing through his hair, that lusciousness. Remember also the very important information that Nicole imparted in that episode where she was going to smack her boob against Rahul's face. Yeah, that um, might come back up. Yeah, think, think about that moment as you settle in and really just take your time and let this wonderful interview just kind of wash over you. Enjoy. 
<laughs> Nicole, do you want to start off? <laughs> um, we're gonna we're gonna ramp up into some stuff, but I guess just to get it out of the way, um, mm. do you consider yourself hot? <laughs> wow. <laughs> start yeah. yeah. Uh, do I consider myself hot? I I don't know. That's a tough one. I guess like things like this make me think that oh okay yeah maybe uh, maybe people like what they see right. Um, but I mean, everyone kind of knows where they sit, I guess, and and how they feel about themselves to a certain degree. Yeah, but I don't think I do. I think I'm okay. I do all right. <laughs> you do all right. Okay. I do all right. And where do you think much of your all rightness, um, your hotness, you know, comes from? Do you do you connect it to the, your beard, your eyebrows, your hair? <laughs> it sounds it sounds like it's the beard. To be honest, is what most people. I I'll do an episode pour my heart out and then all anyone wants to talk about was what my beard looked like that episode <laughs> you're basically just like you know a piece of like steak to these people uh, yeah hairy steak that's it that's <laughs> care about. all right well obviously you're british who did mm. you grow up on tv or film in the uk fancying who was someone that you thought oh yeah that's someone that i like there were uh, natalie portman was probably one of my earliest crushes mm-hmm. um what specific role was that uh, it was Star Wars. It would have been like Phantom Menace and mm-hmm. Attack of the Clones and stuff. And also like um, like Man Crushes as well. I, I was very prone to a good Man Crush. Like Harrison Ford was, mm. was up there for me. Uh, Pierce Brosnan. Yes. I was a big Bond fan growing up. So to me, that was like, you know, the height of Hanson. I think if there was anyone else when I was younger, there was a lot actually. <laughs> But the but Portman still kind of stayed, I guess. That was probably the most intense kind of uh, uh, crush I had. The most intense and the most enduring, clearly. I think so, yeah. It's not anymore. Uh-huh. Um, Rihanna is probably my my favourite now of all <laughs> yeah. time. But, yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's like a solid, that's a solid move to, yeah. the, to the left or the right. Good job. All right. <laughs> So basically, we kind of there's a lot of stuff about Ravi being a sort of a because of the nature of his job. He's clearly mm. someone who's very smart. Um, I suppose the cheap shorthand would be to say he's a bit of a geek. Right. Um, do you think it's still hard for people to understand that geek and hot are not mutually exclusive necessarily? And it's something that more often than not, all of us manage to marry into our lives as we go on. Well, I think uh, there was a time where geek culture was unattractive i think or or perceived as unattractive mm-hmm. um i think it's it's just not niche anymore geek culture is so mainstream or at least facets of it are that i don't think people associate that now like being a gamer or cosplay or going to conventions those things have become so commonplace now that they're not necessarily associated with um that stereotypical simpsons looking geek um you know what i mean and but there are still real niche things within geek culture where I think people are still a little, I don't know, close-minded about it. Um, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think, um, I don't think they, they, people think they're mutually exclusive anymore. Mm-hmm. Is there someone that you kind of model yourself after when it comes to the quote-unquote hot geek um, role? Is there a particular person that you kind of admire and model yourself after? Not really. I have a weird thing that I, someone I look up to, which is um, Idris Elba, mm-hmm. which isn't a hot geek, but I, he's someone I do, I do look at because we're both from London, mm-hmm. and he sort of transcended race. 
in terms of like his appeal. Mm. I, I think he's one of the most widely accepted and and, and appreciated actors. Um just for and just for being attractive and talented. Um and being Indian, I don't think we have someone like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why, but I've always looked at that, and not that I'm the next Idris, which is ridiculous to say. Is it though? You know, it's not. You're all right. It's never fine. give up. <laughs> no, <laughs> but like I just, I always think that it would be nice to like to be a leading man to uh-huh. to to kind of be able to to for other reasons other than just physicality, but like that's someone I would rather look at in terms of like someone whose footsteps I would try to walk in or inspire to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you've already kind of answered it, but besides Idris Elba, you've mentioned Pierce Brosnan as well. Was mm. there someone that you thought of when you were younger as that's the epitome of like masculinity? Like that's the thing that I would like to kind of, I want to be like that or, 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 you know, when we spoke to Chris Evans, he mentioned how for him, a big part of his idea of masculinity and manhood was Tom Cruise because he grew up in the mm-hmm. 80s and 90s. And that was like yeah. the guy. Was there something similar in your life that you thought, oh, yeah, that's the dude? Yeah, there was a few. Um, I always I always liked Rebels. Mm. Um, like the kind of bad boy image was something that I always looked at. I liked people that just didn't conform Um or people like weirdly I, I think Ewan McGregor was one of them oh yeah mm. and I think I saw a picture of him when I was a kid and he was smoking a cigarette in his in his Obi-Wan Kenobi outfit on a <laughs> like just in a chair and I was like oh my god that's so rock star <laughs> um but yeah I mean I weird I think I've had more man crushes than than women crushes and in terms of like looking at people and drawing from inspiration and yeah it's it's been so there have been so many to a point I couldn't really just say one. There's been so many instances. I mean, off the top of my head, even just in terms of hair, mm. <laughs> uh, this is so weird because my sister used to watch it. I don't even watch the show, but you know the Hills. Yes, Justin Bobby. Yes, so weird. But <laughs> even as like a 19 year old or 20 year old or whenever I saw it, I was like, "Who's this?" <laughs> oh. What's going on? What's this beard? What's this hair? What did it like it? Uh, it just all along the way, there was always something. I was always constantly, I don't know, yeah. looking and stealing something or trying to find something. I mean, now that you mention it, that is very Bobby esque hair that you've got there. It can be, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the fact that you do the bulk of your work in the US as a British actor is yeah. something that obviously is kind of has been entrenched in the last, I guess for most people of colour who are actors who've had to leave the UK in order to find opportunities. Do you think that you are perhaps, I don't know, finding more ground in the US? And if there are any differences between the roles that you get in the US and in the UK and how that has kind of like affected you in terms of what kind of work you want to do? Mm. Um, I was just stuck in a rut. Like it wasn't going anywhere in the UK for me for the like 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I just booked iZombie off a tape from London and then, so it was more so like it came for me, and then I, I found out that oh, they like me here, and then I started doing auditions for other stuff, mm. um, and it was so varied over here. Like the things that I've been going up for just doesn't have a pattern, you know. It's it's been lead male uh, romance roles or or real dark like it's just been such a mix and none of it has been particularly uh specifically for my race it's just been 
dudes. Like, mm. you'll read the script, and I'm like, this is, sounds like it was written for a white actor, or it could be anyone. Like, there was no reason why they contacted me. Whereas in England, that was very rare. The things I got sent for in England for 10 years was pretty much like me and the same seven or eight dudes would be in the room and we all look the same mm. reading for, for the part of Raj. Mm. And it was either one of two things. I swear to God, it was it was terrorism mm. or it was someone had decided to write a script and it would be cutting edge and it was about, you're this dude... And your parents have arranged for you to be married, and <laughs> and but you already have a girlfriend on the side. I mean, I read every script was pretty much that, and they thought that they were the first ones doing it. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I just felt like in the UK, to summarise, like uh, the US, it is best man for the job, and there is a little bit more, like, I don't know that they. There's there's less limits. There's there doesn't feel like there's a ceiling as much as there is in the UK. And in the UK, it just it was frustrating. Mm. Um, it felt like they could they were only recycling the two or three dudes to play everything, and it was the same crap. And to be honest, and I'm I, I sh- maybe I shouldn't say this, but like I'm quite sour about the UK and bitter. I mean, if I had if I zombie hadn't come around, I probably would still be. Well, I probably wouldn't be acting. I mean, after 10 years, I was about to pack it in. Mm. Um, so now there's a reluctance for me at the moment. I do have this weird, like, when they ask me, hey, would you like to come back and do this show? Or would you want to do this? I do have this weird, like, nah, I'm all right. Like, the US kind of embraced me and adopted me. I don't know if I'm in a rush to go home. Mm-hmm. That's so, yeah. yeah. Mm. That's fair. Yeah. So since you've been on iZombie, um, you've kind of evolved online on Twitter when it comes to tackling a lot of ignorant things that people say (laughs) to you. Um, Sometimes you're kind of like, let me just take this and use this as a teaching moment. And then sometimes you give as good as you get and you're cussing people out and you're just Mm -hmm. like, this is stupid. So how do you decide which side you're going to give that day? Right. I don't. I honestly, I think it's literally just like anyone. And maybe I'm too, I think someone said I wear, they, the, a, a follower had said, the reason they followed me was because I wear my heart on my sleeve. And I think that's probably exactly what you're seeing, which is, I mean, and it's not fair, but we're only human. But like, if, if, if someone from back home pisses me off on FaceTime, and then I go on my notifications and someone's like, oh, you're an ugly fucker. Uh, I will, I probably will react depending on just how I felt from something else. There is a a vetting that I'll do and it's slightly unfair, but whereas so not everyone just gets called the C word or something. Like if I do notice quite obviously, I'm like, this is a kid. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll take my foot off the accelerator and maybe just use this as a moment to just educate or, or handle it differently. When I clearly see it's a, 40 year old man i might be a little bit more ugly with him mm-hmm. but but i also also don't like to discriminate ignorance <laughs> is ignorance so it's just like i said it's just a mood thing right and how do you keep yourself yeah. from from being discouraged like when you're in the middle of gaming yeah. and you know you're live gaming or you know you're trying to promote your show and then someone comes in with some stupid racist shit how do you keep yourself from being discouraged and losing sight of your end goal 
because nothing's going to knock me off my end goal. Not and not some anonymous account because that's the thing. It, it doesn't really do anything to me. I mean, there was a time when I was my first year of iZombie, people not liking me mm. was the worst thing in the world. Like, and and I only had like three hundred followers during the first season of iZombie, and that was pretty much what I had before the show started. And when it started to tick over. And the first time someone told me I was wrong or my opinion was wrong or I had got it wrong or I'd been corrected. I remember it just, it, it was so upsetting and worrying. And after a while, everyone just becomes, it just happens. I just value it less. I value each and every account less and less because there is so much just quantity. You just can't care enough anymore to the point now where it's like, an, it's like a video game. It's like a, it doesn't even feel like real people unfortunately it just it's it's just looks like um ai i'm reading every tweet in the voice that i happen to read it again how i read someone's tweet just happens to be on my mood because it's in my head it's my voice i'm you know what i mean so it's just become i don't know it's a very strange just addiction and i you know um uh, it, it just doesn't have any kind of effect on me the only thing i do worry about is my aspirations and goals, like I said, I, I, I'm not here to just be on the CW for a few years and then disappear. Like I, I, I want to be maximize my opportunity. I want to be leads in movies. I want to be, um, you know, as, 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 as successful as I possibly can be. I don't know if Disney want to hire me when I call people the C word on Twitter. <laughs> and that's where I'm a bit like, there's going to be a day where maybe if you're announced as something that's quite large, people are going to start digging out tweets and it's going to be a problem for you. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing I do worry about. But yeah. yeah, that's the price of modern living on the internet, isn't yeah. it? It is. Everyone's got receipts and, <laughs> and maybe I've been, you know, that's going to be my punishment. Maybe, because at the end of the day, in the position I'm in, I've not really said anything outrageous, but I can get away with it because I, no one cares. I'm I'm not even C list. I don't know. I don't know how far down the list I am currently, but uh, no one cares, and that's what I realised. I was like, holy, like I can I get away with murder because I'm kind of operating in a weird purgatory. Like I'm no, I'm nothing. But the minute I want to be something, or the minute I get something worth like worth having. That's when it will be like, this is offensive. This is disgusting. Mm. This is misogynistic. This is like, it would, everything will just, I will see it. And that, that's the only time I think, yeah, this, this Twitter personality is going to bite me in the ass. I mean, let's hope it doesn't come to that. Right. Um, I feel like, you know, everyone's <laughs> allowed to have an off day. I do think about the, the days in which, you know, like you say, depending on your mood, and you just kind of go, do you know what? Not today. And I'm just going to just let whoever have it. And then you come back and you're like, do you know what? That was actually a bit over the top or whatever. But, you know, yeah. it happened and it was relevant. It was real in the moment. So, you know, the, uh, yeah, you're right. The thing about receipts, I think, is a constant worry for anyone with any kind of platform because you're thinking, God, when is this going to this might come around and just bite me, which I think is fair. I think that's fair. No. And, you know, it's the price of modern life. Well, look, we'll defend you. We, we, we <laughs> I appreciate back. that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I think you saw some of the responses when we did do the episode where we spoke mm. about you. Um, was it a surprise to you that so many people were kind of like, oh, my God, yes, I do fancy Ravi. Oh, my God, I'm so glad you did this episode because I've been thinking about it for ages. And I'm so glad you kind of gave voice to this thing that I've been thinking or feeling. Was that a surprise to you or were you kind of like, yeah, I'm pretty hot stuff? 
<laughs> uh, no, it was a surprise. Absolutely. Uh, there's like I- I'm always going to be the fourteen uh, year old Indian boy. Uh, I grew up feeling like Indian men just they weren't really celebrated or um, lusted after. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly when I was in London, I went to a predominantly white school. And um, it was very obvious that uh, no one wanted some spice in their life. Um, <laughs> oh, and, and and even like as a 19-year-old, and I, 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 the dating game and all of that stuff, everything kind of happened for me so late. Um, even as a 19-year-old, 20-year-old, 21-year-old in London, the point was just like, like I said, Zayn Malik is, is, is mixed race. He's Pakistani. Is that right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I think he was the first time I was like someone remotely like from that kind of part of the world mm. uh, was really celebrated and lusted after, and it was and I I and I was thinking about just how important that is for you know twelve year olds who identify with Zane, like boys who are like oh wow okay they're you know and and just to show another side of something and to offer people a, a, another flavour. Mm. Um, because when I grew up, there just wasn't. Unless you were into Bollywood, like in Western media, you don't really talk about Indian dudes because there just wasn't any. Mm. And there's where I come full circle back. Are you ready? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, bang, back to Ravi on iZombie. From, 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 from the pilot onwards, when, when he started, when that character started to make it into BuzzFeed lists or tumblr post or, or whatever thirst posts and and yours podcast things like that yeah it really it, it surprises me but it's such a win for me not in an ego stroking way but in a bigger picture kind of way like mm-hmm. like i know that i wish i had seen a zombie or been on twitter when you know what i mean like yeah. i had seen this when i was 15 16 or whatever and like like a dude with thick <laughs> like eyebrows and thick hair and you know brown skin and bushy beard or whatever like like people were like yep i like that like that's great <laughs> like there's so many things he represents like all in one character it's it's such a i don't know i'm very lucky yeah i mean also it's not like you just locked into it it is a bit of work on your end <laughs> well and the writers we yeah. all yeah there's 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 a, at least 20 people responsible for one character to mm. a certain degree so yeah were they sure. were they keen on you keeping your british accent or did they ask for you to try in an american accent uh no they we kept it was british from oh, okay. i think uh, uh, initially the character was um american okay but the search got extended just through not really finding what they want. And then the doors were opening up in different territories. And then it finally, I think the last place it opened up in was the UK. Mm-hmm. And I think had that by that time, once they had opened that up, they kind of resided to the fact, well, well, you could be British. Right. But it was for a 40 year old. They oh. changed it to a, yeah, they changed it to, I was the exception. The role became younger because they wanted me. Shout out to you then. Yeah, it was it was for a much older man. Uh, one of my favorite parts of Ravi is the fact that he is a sexual romantic being and that he, you know, he gets a little play. And mm-hmm. I think in this last uh, season finale, um, you know, he he Ravi is with Peyton and um, yep. 
another character knocks on the door because she has to leave and she's like Ravi you beast you animal and you know she she praises him from what she overheard as he was getting it in and I wonder if it kind of goes back to what you were just talking about though seeing this um, character that you'd never seen before and I wonder how much do you influence the writers do you say can we please make sure that Ravi is you know that he's a beast (laughs) oh god I I don't think I'm not sure if I do I mean I do know that the character was written like heavily geeky and stuff uh and then when this is kind of an ego stroking moment here but uh when we went to comic-con when we went to comic-con I went um so we'd shot the pilot and I looked a certain way for the pilot. They didn't. We didn't really have any interaction. And then we got picked up for season one. And then we all went to Comic Con. And when we went to Comic Con, I went in my own clothes and just styled my own hair, did my own thing. And I think Diane had said to Rob Thomas, um, "We need to change. We can't play the geek, troubled in love. Like you know that that same yeah. stereotype with mm-hmm. with Rahul. Uh, we we just can't do that." it's not going to work and then they paired me off with Ali and that was actually going to be killed off and then it it got it got kind of rejuvenated and um it again it's one of those things like I'm I'm very grateful that they do those storylines with Ravi and that Ali Mashalka who's arguably one of the most beautiful women I've ever met or worked with is Ravi's love interest and no one bats an eyelid right which is awesome Oh, you're just a precious little thing. Um. <laughs> it's because it's in the morning. I don't get. I'm, I'm, if, if I've spoken to you in the evening, I'm a lot more cocky. <laughs> very vulnerable. I just woke up. Oh, bless. Oh. <laughs> so, what's next for you? What are some of those dream projects you that are um, percolating in your mind? You know, we saw you in Happy Anniversary. Yes. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yes. We watched that oh, film yeah. largely because of you, yes. to be very honest. Yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, because, you know, I was like, oh, it's Rahul Cohen. Literally, I, I say this about every British person that is not in Britain. I'm like, oh, that's clearly my cousin. So I have to support. <laughs> yeah, so sure, obviously, right? yeah, you get it. Um, yeah. So what other roles? I mean, hopefully you've already mentioned romantic comedies. Will we see you in more? Do you want to be in more? Yeah, um, I, I'm doing a smash and grab right now. You know when, you know when like... Uh, when people start looting, mm-hmm. like when you see a riot and then people are smashing into like Best Buy, Steve, that's how I feel like my acting career is right now. Like I finally, I just, I will smash and grab everything I can. Cause I don't know when this is going to be over. <laughs> like when they go, right, we're done with you. We're tired of you. So I have a secret project, which I'm still not allowed to talk about, but okay. it's, um, it's a voice over yes. for a game. Nice. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's something I've always wanted to do. So that's gonna that's gonna be announced at some point. Um, but the problem, first world problem with iZombie is that we weren't really allowed to do much work because um, we filmed for seven months and then right. you're on hold. You're not really allowed to go to pilot uh, season. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be the first year this year that we are going into filming knowing that we are now free and able to do pilot season to book films to do stuff because we will be available so anything i want to do is the work starts kind of now is when we're going to start looking at what the next project is right because i'll be unemployed next 
January. Let's hope it's a very, very brief unemployment. You don't yeah. want to start collecting unemployment <laughs> checks. No benefits. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, this is very scary for me. I've never been in this. I haven't been in this position since I zombie. So um, I don't want to go back to where I was before then. So we'll see. But um, you won't. No, yeah, we I'm, have I'm, anything I'm... to do with it. Right. What, what's right, the, we're yeah. mounting a campaign as we speak. So don't worry I about it. That. Yeah, well, I... Again, so many like Twitter. Again, same thing. Like people want me as Doctor Who. Yes. Keep seeing that they want me as at some point. Obviously, Doctor Who's already uh, yeah. that position's filled. But uh, I get James Bonds, which is ridiculous. Don't not, ain't gonna happen. Ridiculous. But it makes it's not that ridiculous. It makes my dad happy. That's um, you know what. If if you can go a day and make your dad happy, that's like a solid win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he because he he's you know he got me into that. And then there was like an NBC article or something where I was the cover of like should Bond be ethnic or something along those lines. Yeah. And um, and I sent it to my dad and he got really, I don't know, just, I think he, I don't know, he just he never thought that was possible. You know, he oh. took me to my first Bond film. But yeah, like so Star Wars, so people are always trying to get me employed. So That's good. I appreciate all the, uh, all the the online campaigns. Wonderful. Yeah, I, we need yeah. to get you on a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Um, I think the world would implode. It was like, <laughs> with excitement just because... You know, just from following you on Twitter, you are really into Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, look at the socks. I just realized. That. Oh, my God. <laughs> but for our listeners, there, there's a great Star Wars socks with, like, red toes and red heels. So that's that's a solid geek move. There. And you can also look at yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's my God. A collection of. Oh, my God. Darth Vader? That's Darth Vader's helmet? That's Darth Vader. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's Batman right there. Listen, yeah. you really are a geek. Congrats. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. Also, I'm sorry to peer into your home, but those are like oh. guitars on the on the wall as well. So there you go, guys. Uh, it's real. Oh wait, hold on. But you don't like that because I did listen to oh, the thing. You did you listen. Guys gave oh, no, no, no. Okay, me all right. Let me let me walk that back. Um, go I'm on. gonna. Essentially, <laughs> wow. <laughs> He's essentially, up now. I know. Oh my god, shit. No, no. What I mean is, generally speaking. An acoustic mm. guitar at a party is essentially somebody pulling out a house gun at a party. Because I'm just like, for fuck's sake, not every day, like, fake. 100%. Right. 100%. So that's, that's like my general beef with, like, dudes with guitars. But I don't even... I, that extends to a lot of things. That's true. That's I, fair. I, I don't like anyone showing off and doing... Like, like I think I was at a rap party a couple of days ago for Malcolm's film. And someone was like... We were all just talking at the bar. And someone was like started singing to the point where we all had to stop and listen while they looked at you and sang a song like a cappella. And it fucks me off so much. It, but and to me so to me like I get I get the sentiment. Like anyone Thank who you. does shit like that just fucks me off. Like right. I just don't like people go look at me. Look at me my talent. Right. I don't stand up at parties and do a Richard the Third monologue. Exactly. And that's my fear. I'm like, listen, I can write you a fucking good paragraph, but I'm not gonna do that because we're all here to have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see that at a party where you just write a paragraph. Just pull out pull out an easel and be like, okay, if the structure of the sentence begins like this. That's how I tend to do it. No, but you know what yeah. I mean? Like I feel I you, you get it. Like I'm just saying it's just in general, like you said, if anyone's kind of doing too much, I'm like, all right, sit down. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe I, you need to, um, you know, post some more videos of you playing the guitar so we can get used to it, you know, <laughs> oh, and, and welcome it. I, I'm just not, you know, I don't, I don't like losing and I'm not good at guitar. Like I'm okay, okay for someone who just learned from YouTube. I, I hate losing. So I don't play games I lose at. 
I don't post up stuff I'm not great at. Fair. Um, yeah. Same. It's like basically it's, saving your best first photos for like the moments where they count. I like, don't put it up yeah. at like 7 a.m. Put it at like noon when everyone's at lunch. <laughs> I do do that as well. But I, but I get confused though because I'm on two times because I got a, a lot of my following is split between US and UK. Mm. Um, but I know the best time to put a picture up. It's there you about, go. It's, it's 1 p.m. my time, which is just enough time for Brits and Americans to see it. And that usually gets all the thirst posts. And, <laughs> You're uh, a thirst mathematician and we appreciate it. I am. Effort. I love it. We respect I love that. doing it. <laughs> I do. Our listeners were over the moon when we featured you. So this feels like a real like a real treat. For the people who are just kind of like, you know, we need more. And we're like, all right, we'll get you some more. And here you are. So thank you so much. Yes, Actually, I, I want to th- thank you guys because um, anyone who um, takes the time to kind of say really nice stuff has my heart. And I really appreciate you guys um, uh, doing that. And um, <sighs> yeah, and it made my morning. I blushed in, in bed. <laughs> I think someone, see, I, I'm going to try and make you, someone said something about my beard and a boobie. Uh, that was that was Nicole. There you go. Yeah. I think I genuinely blushed. In, I remember in the morning I was like, "Okay." Wait, can I can I ask though? Like, oh god, what? has anyone ever slapped you in the face with a boob? Can I oh, ask? Of course. You? Oh, okay. oh my god. Yeah, that's all right. I'm 32. I yeah. think at this point that would be weird if they hadn't. Oh my never, god. I mean, you know, we don't want to get all in your business, but I just needed to know. That's all good. Oh my god, Nicole, I hate you so much. <laughs> See, I like that as we're wrapping and as we're wrapping up this conversation, I you know, real I I will pretty much answer anything. I am an open book, but you guys unfortunately didn't know. And now we're wrapping it up. Right. Like, oh, you could have oh got way more. Oh, no, we were trying to be respectful. We're trying to be respectful. I know. We're professional. I know. I re- okay, I wait, can that. I ask one more question? Oh my God, now you've opened up Pandora's box. All okay. right. No, 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 no. Okay, so you mentioned that you like Rihanna. Rihanna. Yes, yeah. Um, I, You know, you probably don't have like the ability to suggest castmates just yet for you know your next projects uh-huh. or anything uh-huh. but you know i was wondering maybe you could just have this in the back of your mind mm. i see mm. where you're going to, to and get, i like it nicole to get some you know black and brown love happening in one of yeah. your ne- next projects you know there's a lot of sisters out there love you yeah it's the feelings mutual look at that uh i'm gonna it, send you a 10 always... pound check just to say thanks for that <laughs> no we've i i actually asked for i i actually made that request in i zombie at one point but then the character and the storyline was non-existent, mm-hmm. so it ended up. But I had asked for that early, like, can if if it was there was a very brief moment where me a Peyton wasn't mm-hmm. like we weren't associated, mm-hmm. and I think I had said I had wanted um, uh, uh, this casting particularly if we were going to go down there. I had asked for a black girl um, because I I. It's just representation, man. And it's yes. also like, I don't, it's, it's just, is what it, it ain't a thing to me. Like, I grew up in London. Exactly. Um, it just ain't a thing to me. Like, in fact, it's weird that it's only ever just been white. So I'm mm. like, what's, what's that about? Um, yes. 
Um, I watched but, iZombie faithfully, and I, you know, this you is got me the, into it. Yeah. I, I wasn't watching it, and then Nicole was like, "You should watch iZombie." So yeah. That, yeah, and that's yeah. something that I had noticed that there was a lack of black women characters on this show. I mean, in the yeah. first couple of seasons, there were some characters, um, but not anyone who was there for long term. And I was a little concerned about that, but you know, I I pushed through. <laughs> but I mean, and this isn't necessarily yeah. the interview to talk about that, but yeah, that yeah. is no, no, something no. that I noticed, and I appreciate that you were that you noticed that as well, and we're trying to you know campaign for something. Absolutely. I mean, we also there's a there's you know, we're also aware that we don't have many, if any, LGBTQ plus characters. Like, uh, it, it, I mean, at this point, it's diff- It's difficult to. I mean, obviously, I'm part of the show, right. um, but it, there isn't any. I know, and I never take it personally that it is not an active. Cho- there hasn't been an active choice to not do it. I know that there has been discussions where it's like. We do not hire black women on this show, <laughs> just so everyone like that has never been a, an issue. So I, I, I mean, um, yeah, it's all I know is, and I'm still I zombie. In terms of representation, is there are a few male leads on the show, but a lot of it, the, probably the male lead is Malcolm mm-hmm. Goodwin, mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm there. <laughs> And me and him, we bookend Rose. And for a show where the it's a female-led show and the first two characters next down is a black man and, a, and an Indian man, mm. we're still doing well in that respect, <laughs> like, right, in yeah. terms of... In the, but, you know, you're right. Hopefully that, that will be rectified or uh, in season five. But in terms of my career, when I have control, yeah, yeah absolutely, of course. But, like, I, I, I kind of do want there to be no kind of uh pattern i i I, I am a man who has dated and been with or whatever or been Mm -hmm. on whatever you want to call it but like i I, i've never i think with everyone at some point or some nearly every race or ethnicity or whatever right which is why i was so So, glad to see priya in happy anniversary i was like oh look finally like it's like i also really love the joke about you know when the ben schwartz character says you know you know your parents had an arranged marriage and you're like they met in medical school you fucker like what are you (laughs) even and again i was like it's not that there aren't arranged marriages because clearly there are but you know not every single story of brown love or you know brown relationships come from the same basket and over and over you're kind of sold this like this is the only way that you can have this you know like you were saying yeah. about that story about your parents want to arrange your marriage but you've got a girlfriend on the side and it's like oh jesus yeah. still 2018 still mm-hmm. it's yeah and i mean and the thing is is, is like and I, t- I kind of don't i'm not i don't have a go at like audience members for thinking that or people who go in their day to their lives because we do learn most of our stuff about we learn we do learn through media mm-hmm. i know that especially the older generations everything my grand started learning after a certain point was from tv because it's not going out no more it's not working mm. same goes same goes for my old man like i can see him getting a little bit more um tunnel vision and narrow and like I'm, i know where he's picking up his opinions from because i'm like you don't work no more mm-hmm. so he, this is he's getting all these stereotypes he's getting this from television or you know what I mean? Or he, mm-hmm, he thinks mm-hmm. one thing about something because this is his this is his window to the world. So unless you, we have a responsibility in media that to to color things and and to and, and to kind of show representation and, and and show that there are more to just than just one one idea or one stereotype. And mm-hmm. for me, I am so like. Uh, 
there, there are so many sides to me. Like mm-hmm. you said, like, look, the Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. All of that. But at the same time, as much as a geek, look, I'm building a Lego thing, but I'm also, <laughs> I do, I'm a chain smoker. I drink a lot. I go out partying. I, I drive muscle cars. I um, don't date just Indian women or arranged marriages. You know, like there was, a, there, there, there are so many, I'm a, I can be a football hooligan as well. I'm a bit of a sports uh, uh, nut and Liverpool fan and jock, uh-huh. but I'm, but, but I'm a geek, but I'm not like, there's, there's no one box for anyone. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, when, 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 when doing work, I'm also very aware when, when I do read scripts and we've turned down some stuff this year. So I haven't been as busy, but mm. I read a few scripts and I was like, I don't want to play that dude because I'm not, I don't want to, I, want, I do not want to contribute to this crappy stereotype. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested. I just don't want to do it. If you want, if you want to tell that story, give it to another dude that's that's on him if he wants to do that i'd rather you know i'm more likely to take a role that doesn't really require me to be indian mm-hmm. and just slot in mm-hmm. in with a cast and with a diverse cast and people just accept well yeah mm-hmm. he's in but the storyline doesn't revolve around it mm. that, those are the roles that i'm i'm like happy anniversary that wasn't written for uh, an indian person um the line the only line that changed was that arranged marriage one with the medical school mm. everything else was as it as it is, uh, existed the only thing that changed is yeah that indian line and instead of playing basketball we started playing football mm. that role was written with open just open same right. goes for supergirl supergirl was mm-hmm. uh not asked for that mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Those are the roles that I'm, wanna, I'm I'm trying to take. All right. Well, hopefully many more are kind of winging their way to you. Um, yeah. Again, thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, no, thank you. You have been a delight and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and he really was a delight and a half. Yes. I became even more smitten just talking to him. <laughs> I think I'm actually 97% more in love with him. <laughs> So this has been a successful conversation. Thank you so much, Rahul. So normally, at this point in the show, we would be doing fanfic wars. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we switched up so much already this week. Yeah, we wanted to do something a little extra special. Just spice it up. Yeah. You know, sprinkle in some uh, some listener goodliness (laughs) all the way through. You know, like like just something something extra. Yeah. So this week, we've gone into our inbox. Mm -hmm. And we have basically selected a couple of stirring... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and incredibly sensual uh, drabbles. Yeah, they're very sweet, but also just very hot. So we went to the inbox. And what did we find, Nicole? We found some really good drabbles. Our listeners yeah. are so good. I mean, they're talented. just very talented, very thirsty, and it makes <laughs> for some incredible content. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So we've selected two from our inbox um, to kind of read for you. And, you know, it's not technically a fanfic wars because, you know, our listeners don't send in the drabbles to be judged right. via Twitter polls. Right. So we're just going to read these for your pleasure. Right. We won't have a, a Twitter poll about these because, you know, they're so good and we just want to share them with you. But, right. you know, this is a this has been a special episode. So we're going to do something a little different. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I'm going to go first. Okay. Um, and this one is from a listener <laughs> called Lauren. And it is, of course, about a Scottish dynamo by the name of James McAvoy. Mm, I Listen, like him, I like him. Lauren, you got some good tastes. <laughs> I appreciate your, your time and your efforts. Here I go. Should I have a go? James's lips brush against my ear before he nods toward the piano. 
It sits in the middle of the crowded area, awaiting any person willing to be on public display. He settles on the bench as I lean against the side of the gorgeous old grand. His fingers begin to move. The song is long and winding, an original composition that makes me think of how he dances with me alone in our flat. People stop to stare, but when he grins that devilish smirk, it's only at me. James presses the final set of keys with one hand, letting the other come to rest against the back of my bare thigh. His thumb traces underneath the hem of my skirt, a silent promise to play me with as much skill as he just did the instrument. Okay, Lauren. Listen, <laughs> Lauren said you're going to get this today. All right, Lauren. <laughs> Have a sip of water, Lauren. You're doing a lot, Lauren. Wow. I like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. I like it. I like it. Um, well, who are yeah. you reading from today, Nicole? I am reading from a listener named Anna Rose. What a classic name. They wrote in about Tatiana Maslany. Ooh. Yeah. Do you know what? I always meant to watch that show of hers and I never did. I did. I watched a couple of episodes. It didn't mm. grab me, but I understand why it has such a popular following. Right, she's a hottie. Yeah. And she, you know, she's a very talented actor. Yeah. And all the other good stuff. So yeah, I get that. So okay, what did Anna Rose, uh, what did Anna Rose bring to the table about Tatiana? <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> she came to me on rollerblades. In her audition, I wondered if anyone else was as blinded as I was. I fetched her coffee for several weeks, collecting her grateful flash grins and stowing them in my jacket next to my chest. There was always a second, at least, for her to look at me before someone called for her attention again. Everything was always moving, but she knew how to pause. Where's yours? She said once, at some time in the morning that you only share with foxes and a crew you won't know in six months. Later, we dragged the dregs in order to stay in each other's company, suspending the moment, steam rising between us, a smoke signal in the middle of the American diner. We walked quickly against the cold, quietly buzzing, boots clopping in a way that means we don't have to say it. I show her where mine is at some time of the night that I now only share with her. Anna Rose put her foot in that. Yes. What? That was so beautiful. Smoke signals in the American diner, bitch. Yes. Oh, the time of night that now I only share with her. Come on. <laughs> Anna Rose, are you a writer? Come through. <laughs> oh, that was so much fun. We should read more listener travels, yeah, shouldn't we? Yeah. Okay, in future weeks, we're going to do more of that. Yes. Because I really enjoyed this. And yes. I'm glad you keep sending us stuff. So we definitely have material. So thank you so much for sharing with us, Lauren and Anna Rose, because we enjoyed reading those so very much. Thursday Kit is produced by us, Nicole Perkins and Bim Adewumi, Julia Furlan and TK Dutess. We also had additional production support from Camila Salazar. Our music is by Tanya Morgan. A special thank yous this week to our wonderful, wonderful interview, Rahul Kohli, who was open and great and wonderful and we just love him. And also a big thank you to our marvelous listeners whose drabbles we read, Lauren and Anna Rose. You can follow the show on Twitter at Thursday Kit. And we're at Tennessee Whiskey Woman. That's T-N Whiskey with an E, Woman. And Bimadu, B-I-M-A-D-E-W. Plus, we're on Tumblr at ThursdayKitPodcast.tumblr.com. Come thirst with us over there. <laughs> For our first sommelier service, please call and leave a brief voice message on 765-884-4778. That's 7658-THIRST. And non-US listeners can send us a very short voice note via email, which is, of course, thirstaidkit at buzzfeed.com 
please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review and rate the show. It helps other people discover Thirst Aid Kit, and we always appreciate five stars. If you love Tweet You Listen, please use the hashtag TACPOD, that's T-A-K-P-O-D, and you can send us emails of love, affection, and, you know, maybe a cash gift at <laughs> firstaidkit at buzzfeed.com. We'll be back next week. We love you, and in the meantime, stay hydrated. Should I have a go? James, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm just laughing. James's lips is just ridiculous. <laughs> he has none. He has none. There are no lips there.